Chapter Fifty Six of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. No Quarter by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Fifty Six: An Introduction in the Saddle. Who can they be? Not soldiers of the Parliament no too much gaud and glitter for that sir henry lingons scarcely either i heard richard say sir henry's men carry lances these have none more probably they're from monmouth or rather raglan the old marquis of worcester is greatly given to display and his son lord herbert the shining peacock at their head is likely herbert himself they are royalists anyhow that's certain the dialogue was between the sisters commenced as they caught sight of the scarlet-coated horsemen who had entered within their park hurriedly they talked and in tone telling of agitation for it was a spectacle to cause them alarm king's soldiers coming to hollymead could mean no good but all the opposite just the visitors foreshadowed by vegas fears her presentiment fulfilled after all what can they be wanting i wonder she queried in a half mechanical way nothing with us hope not likely with us but father we were wishing him at home how fortunate he isn't but he may come at any time indeed yes what's to be done the elder sister seemed perplexed only for a short while then a thought came to her aid and half turning to the groom who attended them she said reese ride back through the firs gently as if looking for something left behind when on the other side go as fast as ever you can out through the back gate first round to rardine to the cager's cottage tell winnie to come up to the house in all haste then gallop along the gloucester road and if you meet your master turn him back you understand Reese was a quick-witted Welchman and did understand, said so, and at once started to execute the order, riding slowly off towards the spiny in zigzags with body bent and eyes searching over the ground. Once under cover of the trees, however, he straightened himself in the saddle and was soon outside the enclosure. The dispatching him had been but the work of a few seconds, and he was gone before any movement had been made by the soldiers who were still halted at the gate what have they stopped for again wondered vega surely they intend going on to the house tis we who have stopped them their faces are turned this way they see us ah yes and two have separated from the rest are coming towards us what ought we to do we may as well await them here twould be impossible to shun them now how should we receive them why civilly of course we've no alternative but be civil to them if it be the lord herbert we need not fear any special rudeness although they are papists the raglan people have never yet it's not the lord herbert interrupted vega of keener sight her eye more occupied with the two making approach how know you it's not demanded her sister in some wonder you never saw him did you no but i've seen the one we've been taking for him 
the shining peacock as you call him so have you who is he then prince rupert so it is indeed and the other reginald trevor by this the two horsemen were so near there was no opportunity for the sisters to exchange further speech save in undertone sabrina as a last word of caution whispering we are helpless and must play a part i've thought of it we'll tell you when we're alone so be more than civil very polite i will try rupert a little in the advance was now up and suddenly checked his charger to a halt in such wise as to present the attitude of mercury just alighted on a heaven-kissing hill fair ladies he said i have not the pleasure of knowing you but this gentleman who has if you object not will do me the honour of an introduction his royal highness prince rupert announced trevor after saluting on his own account somewhat awkwardly the fair ladies acknowledged the introduction with a bow even smilingly which was more than might have been expected they said nothing however leaving the prince to direct the course of conversation well pleased with his reception he went on apologies are owing for the interruption of your sport i fear we've done that no your highness said sabrina we had finished for the day egad a good finish too i myself witnessed the hill and never saw handsomer your peregrines are noble birds and well trained to their work ah you have a merlin too pretty creature by chance the merlin was perched upon the neck of vega's palfrey and while speaking the prince had drawn close up as if to get a nearer view of it but his eyes were on the girl's face instead and the pretty creature seemed an apostrophe to her rather than the bird for it was spoken with peculiar emphasis and in a subdued tone as if he did not desire her sister to hear it nor did she having become engaged in conversation with captain trevor some distance apart she's very clever rejoined vega referring to the merlin and without appearing to notice the gaze directed upon her can kill everything she's cast off at ah sighed the prince fatal to all the larks and buntings just as the eyes of her mistress must be to all men she looked at him with a puzzled expression what a strange remark to make about her sister whom he could never have seen save that once as they passed him going out to bristol but she understood it on his adding the little beauty is yours i take it no your highness she answered without making any allusion to the implied compliment though its bravery jarred upon her ear the merlin belongs to my sister the peregrines are mine happy peregrines he exclaimed pretending to apostrophize the two great falcons that now hooded had been returned to their kedge how i should like to be one of you i would consent to be held in leash for life could i but hope for caresses such as you receive from the hands of your beautiful mistress ah that must be sweet 
there could be no mistaking the character of speech like this rude even to impertinence it brought the red into the young girl's cheeks and she would have angrily resented it but was restrained by the caution late received from her sister still to let it pass unnoticed was out of the question and would likely lead to her being yet further insulted making an effort to curb her kindling indignation she rejoined calmly as she could such language may befit the fine court ladies with whom your highness is accustomed to hold conversation we simple country girls are not used to it regardless of modest manners even of common decency as was this german prince he felt a rebuke and quailed under it for the glance of quiet scorn that went with the words told him he was putting on airs and paying compliments to no purpose in that quarter all would be thrown away with a light laugh he endeavoured to conceal his discomfiture saying apologetically oh mistress you must pardon the free speech of a cavalier our tongues as our swords often fly out without reflection be assured i meant not to offend far from it apology was a bitter pill for prince rupert to swallow but he gulped it down with a better grace confident of having the bit of saucy sweetness in his power if he failed to make conquest of her there was another way to fall back upon that to which his low familiar lunsford had been all along counselling him the little disagreement brought their tete-a-tete to an end the prince not caring to continue it it could be resumed at a more favourable opportunity which he meant to find before leaving hollymead seeming suddenly to recollect himself he said in voice loud enough to be heard by the elder sister as he intended it but ladies i only half apologized for our intrusion and trust you will pardon it when you hear my excuses i was on the way to visit your worthy father with whom i have some business when hearing the hoo-ha-ha -ha, ardent falconer as i am i couldn't resist coming across to learn the result permit me to take leave of you with thanks for your gracious reception unless indeed you do me the further honour of letting me escort you to the house if i dared make so free i would even ask the favour of being introduced by you to your father with whom i regret not having personal acquaintance our father is not at home said sabrina speaking for both indeed he exclaimed looking half disappointed half pleased that's unfortunate what i suppose you expect him soon we cannot tell what time he may return your highness ah he's gone upon a journey then may i ask whither you'll pardon the inquiry in view of my business with him to gloucester she answered without hesitation too glad to have the questioner think that he inquired about what was in that safe city his absence is disappointing said the prince half in soliloquy and half addressing himself to captain trevor it will necessitate our staying here for the night this loud enough for the ladies to hear i regret that he pursued 
again turning to them not on my own account but because the quartering of my escort at hollymead cannot be over agreeable to you however i can promise best behaviour on their part and should your servants have any rudeness to complain of it shall be punished with all severity this self-invitation to the hospitality of hollymead house however vexatious to the daughters of its absent owner did not at all surprise them they had been expecting it as the upshot for despite his fine phrases of apology all pretense the prince's bearing and manner told them how much he felt himself their master withal they were not dismayed sabrina making calm rejoinder with some formal words that hollymead would be too much honoured by his presence then in a whisper to vega as they drew side by side to ride home keep up courage vague above all keep your temper everything may depend on that we're among wolves that may tear us if angered go back captain called the prince to trevor give my commands to colonel lunsford and tell him to bring the escort on to the house lunsford along with them ejaculated sabrina in undertone to her sister that makes my words good we are among wolves the evil repute of this man justified her speech it had been spreading day by day till his name was now become a synonym of inhumanity a bogey to stop the crying of the babes in the cradle end of chapter fifty six recording by john brandon